Journeys Group Studio. This is Taking Care of Business. Good afternoon. This is Tommy Tate. And this is George Bates. Actually, good day, not the good afternoon. Taking Care of Business. Today is, uh, what, second week in January? Yep. So we're halfway through January already, sort of, kind of? Yeah, close enough. Yeah. Cold weather's here. I love it. I do, I'm too. here for it. I do, too. Although the days are getting longer because, you know, the vernal equinox, all of my equinox was the 21st of December. Winter solstice, you mean? That too. <laughs> um, anything going on we need to discuss, rant, rave, uh, have a tirade about, or just generally whine and and, and complain? Um, Harvard's getting a significant amount of backlash for everything going on, which is uh, pretty hysterical. Pretty funny to see. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, we were talking. We were talking about this. We were having breakfast one day last week and just talking about this. That growing up, Harvard was the I mean, it was the, the gold standard of, of universities. It was the pinnacle of education. And nowadays, it's kind of like, oh, okay, Harvard. Yeah, whatever. All they care about is diversity, inclusion, and equity. Yeah, it's funny that uh, after everything came out with the, the president resigning for you know blatantly being anti-Semitic and um, plagiarizing several works over the years, the, um, there was a major law firm. Like, I don't know who they are. I didn't see the name, but a, apparently a pretty major law firm has now stopped recruiting from Harvard totally because it is such a uh, such a joke of, a, of an education system now. And, and uh, Harvard's early admission acceptance is like down by 50 percent. Yeah. Because students are going to that doesn't have the excuse me, doesn't have the credibility or the name or the value mm-hmm. anymore. I, I will say it was, it was really impressive. The the letter that one there was a. a, a I can't remember if they were a student or a former student that was on like the Harvard Honor Council while they were a student there. And again, I don't know if they were former or not, but wrote a, a scathing letter to the the Crimson, whatever the, like the Harvard newspaper is anyway, uh, basically calling for the president to resign because uh, because of everything that she did. And, and they made a point to say that, you know, when students came for, came before the honor, honor court, honor council, whatever, for like plagiarism or whatever, they didn't get a chance to go back and fix their mistakes, so to speak. They didn't get a chance to go back and fix what they plagiarized. That was it. So why should she be treated any differently? You know, that, that she's just, she's taken the good name of Harvard and just besmirched it. And of with, course, what's the reason behind all this? She says because racism. Yep, yep. Because of, because of of racism. But she she's had the, black, so they're picking on her. Yep. But she had the shortest tenure as Harvard president in the university's history. But she still is keeping her nine hundred thousand dollar a year salary. Correct. Tenure is just such a uh, hmm. tenure is such a um, joke. It's such a double edged sword. I will say that because yeah. it, it just it, it makes. I had several professors at Wake Forest that that were tenured that. Um, said and did whatever they wanted because they were immune. I mean, there was nothing that nothing could happen to them. And so they just, but anyway, um, yeah. it is, it's, it's interesting to see. We appear to be reaching a turning point where finally people are starting to say enough, enough. is enough. Yeah. yeah that, that, that people are finally starting to speak out. Parents are starting to speak out. So it's maybe, maybe we're finally getting to, I don't want to say to the end of this nonsense, but maybe before I die, the, my old curmudgeonly ways will become standard. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean for me? If I'm 28 and I'm, and I've got the old curmudgeonly ways. 
It means you're going to be even more curmudgeonly and older than I am. <laughs> it means it's a product yeah. of the world. Anyway, uh, let's introduce ourselves. Right. My name is Tommy Pate. I'm a certified financial planner with the Journeys Group. And I'm George Pate. I am also a certified financial planner with the Journeys Group. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm in Aden, North Carolina, just outside of Greenville. Our email, our uh, website is www.thejourneysgroup.com. Again, www.thejourneysgroup.com. Our website has a variety of articles that rotate through, financial articles. Uh, it has what? Oh, George, give me a sim. I'll get to our phone number in just a second. You did it out of order. It's throwing me off. Okay, our phone number is 252-304-304. <laughs> One zero one nine. There you go. Again, that's two five two three zero four one zero one nine. Our website is www.thejourneysgroup.com. <laughs> I just want to make sure you didn't forget because you went out of order. It was upsetting me. What does our website have on? D E I. Our website has a variety of financial articles that rotate through. It has our biographies, unfortunately. <laughs> It has our schedule in case you want to get an appointment with us and how to get in touch with us. It has upcoming events, which I believe the next one is the State of the Markets. Uh, sometime late January, late this month, actually, usually is when it is. Uh, maybe early February. Uh, it also has uh, links to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube. That's it. He was doing a camera. I'm like, we're playing charades. We're playing charades. Playing charades at the radio station. (laughs) And last, excuse me, last but not least, it has links to our podcast platform, Taking Care of Business is Done. Uh, We're on 19 different platforms, as George likes to say. Pick the prettiest one out and go there. Uh, It would really help us. I'll get inside with our YouTube channel Mm -hmm. if you would subscribe. Uh, The more numbers, the more members we have subscribing, the better off we are. So please, by all means, subscribe. Even if you don't listen to it, subscribe anyway. Yeah, yeah. Subscribe because then our marketing people don't beat on us nearly as much. I believe I've covered, uh, albeit stumblingly, um, discordantly, uh, (laughs) our intro. What's uh, what's on the the menu for today? We are the menu. I like that. We are uh, we are going to talk more about asset allocation today. Last week, we talked about sort of a new year's financial checklist, things that you should be doing since, I mean, things you should be doing anyway, but uh, because it's the beginning of a new year, now's a great time to do these things. And one of the things that we briefly touched on uh, was reviewing your investment portfolio, reviewing the, your, where your assets are allocated. Uh, is it appropriate for where you are in life? And so today we're going to talk about, we're going to talk more about asset allocation, why it's important, uh, maybe a couple of very broad examples of what what a portfolio should look like at different stages in life. Well, okay, first of all, devil's advocate here. Why should things change as uh, you get older in life? Why should your portfolio change? All right, good question. As you get older in life, your priorities, your goals, your uh, aspirations change in terms of your finances. Me at the ripe old age of twenty eight, uh, right now I'm just I'm working and I'm saving money. All right, I don't need to worry about my money paying out an income stream to me because I've got 40 years to work. So I'm, I'm actively working right now, obviously, and we'll be doing so for the duration for again, the next 40 plus years. So right now I have no need for any sort of income from my investments. Okay. So the sole purpose of my investments right now is growth. All right. So my investments right now are wide open, aggressive as, you know, as aggressive as I can make it because 
the purpose of them is for growth. You, you should always be investing with a purpose or with a goal. There's the, if you're investing money just to invest money, that's the wrong reason to invest. There needs to be a right, goal okay, for oh, that money. Oh, oh, oh. All right. So you're 28. You're investing for growth. Mm-hmm. I'm 64. Mm-hmm. Why would I be investing for growth? All right, because you're going to need the money a lot sooner than I will. All right. Yeah, but I still got to have growth, don't I? You do. But what we have to balance when when somebody is 64 and getting closer to retirement, now the the need for that money shifts from wide open growth to more of a, a preservation phase, so to speak. You still want to have some growth because it needs to keep up with inflation. Yeah, but if I'm doing, if I'm preserving my money, how can I live off of it? All right, I'm getting there. Okay. So the, yeah, so the uh, I, I like this devil's advocate. So you still want to have enough growth that you keep up with inflation because if you're not making enough to keep up with inflation, then you're going to run out of money. You run into you run into the risk of running out of money at some point. All right. So, what happens when you get within five to seven years of retirement? Okay, we're going to start needing income out of this money five to seven years from now. And so, the priority or the goal of the money has shifted. All right. You still want growth, but now we're primarily concerned about kicking out an income stream and preserving what we've got in there. We're not so worried about swinging for the fences now. We're wanting singles and doubles. The real reason that you back off from that that wide open growth mentality is that let's say two years before you retire and start needing to take money out of your portfolio, the stock market crashes. I mean, it's down 50% and your portfolio, because you're wide open aggressive, your portfolio goes down 50%. All right. Are you still going to be able to retire? And by that, I mean, will your portfolio recover enough over two years to let you retire? I, well, I don't know. I mean, because I guess my thought process would be if it doesn't recover enough in two years, won't it recover during, during my retirement? Maybe. But what happens there is that now your your portfolio is down. If it hasn't recovered all the way, your portfolio is down. And you're taking money out of it. So you're taking money out of a lesser amount. So you're, you're getting a double whammy there. So, yeah, it might recover, but more, but it, it'll be much more difficult. And all it would take would be, and again, if you're still wide open, aggressive, taking income out of this thing, what happens when you have another bad year? Let's say, let's say two years from now, you start taking money out. You, you start drawing an income stream out of your investments. And five years later, you're still drawing money out of your investments and, and they're, they're keeping up. But then the market, go, you have a, a huge market downturn again. What happens then? Now, you don't have time for your money to recover because you need it to produce an income stream. So the main reason behind taking a look at your, your assets, looking at where they're allocated, looking at your portfolio, making changes is because, because of your uh, the goals of your, your portfolio change, number one. And number two is time. You just don't have time to make up a bad market if you're too aggressive as you get later in life. Would you say that probably um, 50% may be on the low end, but at least 50% of new people that come to our office uh, that have worked with a financial person have not had their um, – uh, asset allocation adjusted in 20, 30 years. I think 50% is, is incredibly yeah, we see low. People come in our office that are two years away from retirement. that are about as aggressive as you can possibly be. Yeah. They're, they're more aggressive than I am yeah. at, at, at 28. And uh, yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing where you go to meet with a financial person and they just do, they have a set it and forget it mentality when it comes to, 
where your assets are allocated. They have you in the same portfolio that you that they put you in when you were in your 30s, and now here you are in your 50s and you're getting ready to retire, and nothing has changed, even though your life circumstances have dramatically changed and will continue to dramatically change as you retire and the the goal of the money shifts from growth to income. Um, we were meeting with somebody uh, several years ago that uh, a client of ours that uh, is a doctor and they were they were talking about how you know they heard that with with this other company they could get 12 or 14%. And you know we said okay I, if that's true that would be really great but why do you want to do that? Because you've got enough money right I mean he was planning on retiring in like 6 months or something like that. I mean he was right around the corner from it. And we said okay Dr. so and so that that's that would be great but why do you want to do that? You know, if you're if you're going to make twelve or fourteen percent, you stand to lose, I don't know, fifteen to twenty percent in a down mar- in a in a bad market. Plus, you're you've already hit the finish line. You've got enough money to retire on and live comfortably for the rest of your life. Why do you want to continue to swing for the fences? I'm always amazed that, um, particularly men, I guess, they get to the point where they can retire. We had dinner last night with a good client of ours, that he, and he can retire. But I mean, he doesn't think he can. And you do the math, you show the, uh, the payout factors. And, and so, and I think part of that is people, um, don't start thinking about retirement until it's right on top of them. And I think retirement is somebody said a couple of weeks ago that it's an 18 month process. Six months you start going, maybe. And then there's six months where you're going, yeah, I think so. And then there's six months where you pull the trigger. Mm Um, and this is because you're not involved with your finances. You're not paying attention. You're not um, having an active relationship with your money. So somebody says to you, hey, you can retire now. You don't believe them. Or somebody says to you, this is a great portfolio. Yeah, for a 22-year-old, but I'm 64. There has to be some involvement with people's, with your money. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't just – it's our job to, as, as financial planners, it's our job to – put the pieces together for you. But that doesn't mean that you just throw your hands up and take your hands off the wheel and, and uh, let us drive from the passenger seat. You know, that you still have to be in the driver's seat. You need to be aware of your investments. You need to be aware. You need to be aware enough of your investments to be able to ask questions, to be able to say, okay, now what's the purpose behind this investment? Or, oh, don't you think that's a little too aggressive? Or um, this is one that we, we've gotten a lot over the last, really the last year is, do I need to make any changes? You know, as the market is, has changed, has gone down and gone back up and gone down, and gone back up. Uh, I had a conversation with somebody yesterday where, where he's, uh, he's about 12 years away from retirement. And he said, okay, given that I'm, you know, I'm closing in, he said, I've, I've still got some time, but I'm closing in. Um, do I need to make any changes? So being aware enough of your investments to ask those questions, to, to know what's going on with them and, and to be able to say, am I where I need to be? And to, to not be afraid to ask your person, if nothing has changed over 10 or 15 years, why, why that's not the case? And do we need to make any changes? Um, one of the interesting things is that no matter what stage in life you're at, uh, we're going to get kind of, kind of in the, into the weeds of asset allocation here for a second. No matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're 28 years old or whether you're in your 80s, you should always be in the stock market. 
to some degree. The, the main difference there is what percentage of your assets are in the market. Right now, uh, my personal assets, uh, I've got a, a mixture of 70% stock, 30% cash and bonds uh, for a variety of reasons. That's my mixture. Okay. Contrast that with somebody that's in their 80s. The most aggressive, the most aggressive portfolio somebody in their 80s might be in would might be 40% stock, 60% cash and bonds, or maybe even more conservative. But they're still in the market. You always want to have that growth factor. The only difference is how aggressive or conservative that growth factor is. And again, you have to weigh that with what is the purpose behind this money? If you're never going to use the money for income, then sure, be wide open, aggressive for growth. If if that's what you want the money to do, but be willing to accept that risk. If you know that five years from now, I need this money to start producing an income stream, but nothing has changed with your portfolio, nothing's changed with the assets, that's that's putting a square peg in a round hole. It's just not going to happen. It, it might for a little while, but all it takes is one bad year when you started taking income and you might have to go back to work or it might totally derail your entire plan because you were too, uh, your, your investments were too, I don't want to say passive, but too hands off. Well, and ultimately, remember, you're responsible for your money. You, I mean, obviously you pay people like George and I to work with that are, stockbrokers or whatnot but um you're the the um it's your money well yeah you're the (laughs) you're the the line in the sand you're the one that says this is what i want to happen and again we've had people to come in we had somebody come in last week that had a very unusual uh investment that was alternative investment and they were told it was earning 10.2 percent a year and no matter how I did the math, I couldn't come up with 10.2. I came up with about four. Um, and, and I just said, look, you, this, and it was a substantial amount of money. I said, you're not getting 10% on this. You're getting four based on the based printout. On what I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah, based on the printout that comes from, from this company. And, and they were just a gas. And I was like, you know, you, you have to, it's, it's not that your person is dishonest, but it, it's your money and you should be the one to check it and look at it. You should be the one to say, hey, I'm getting older. Should we make some changes? I'm, um, um, you know, two years away from retirement. Um, when we make a proposal for someone, they never question the allocation. Never, which is interesting to me. They always say, well, what's what's the bottom line? How much am I going to get paid? Mm-hmm. So speak, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but as you get older and life circumstances change, you have to adjust and you have to adapt. Now, let's suppose you're my age 64. All right, really, a 64-year-old should be no more than 50% in the stock market. But let's suppose that you're 64 and you're tremendously wealthy. You've done well over the years. Uh, and you're tremendously wealthy and your retirement's already taken care of. Then you can't be aggressive in the stock market. It's not just an age thing. This is why it's so important to deal with a financial planner. Not a financial advisor, which is a person that sells stocks and bonds, because we're going to a financial planner is going to ask you questions. They're going to find out details about yourself. Um, they're going to find out what what parts that you already have, and then the recommendations they make for the investments will dovetail with that. Hey, I've got a um, uh, I got a three million dollars tied up in a stock option with the company I work for. 
well, you probably don't need any more stock then because <laughs> you got $3 million yeah. already. Yeah. You know, or I've got a pension that guarantees me a, a $220,000 payout every, every year. <laughs> That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, in that case, we're probably going to be a little more aggressive with your stuff because your retirement is already taken care of, you know, except the spouse. So make sure that your uh, your planning, your allocation reflects not only your situation, but the people coming behind you as well. And again, that's why it's so important to work with a planner, because as we're firing off these questions, I can just about guarantee most people listening, all two of you are, th- are, are thinking to yourself. Two? We doubled our audience this I year? I know. Well, it's big goals, you know. Uh, but I guarantee you that a lot of people listening are probably thinking right now, wow, I never thought about that. But of, well, of course you didn't because that's not what you do for a living. I, I don't say that flippantly. I just say that because unless you're in the thick of this doing this every day, people don't think about that stuff. You've got a million other things to think about besides the the fine the fine minute details here. But that's why it's so important to work with a planner because they take into account things like uh, taking care of the spouse or, or, or other family that are going to be left behind. It, it, it takes into account the goals that you have for the money. Uh, when you want to retire, things like that. Like I said, uh, you know, and our, and our people, the people that we work with, uh, we make sure that they're educated enough so that they can call us and say, "Hey, this is where I'm at. This is kind of this is kind of what I have in mind. Do we need to make any changes right now?" Like I said, the the guy I spoke with the other day uh, called me, or you know, called me and said, "This is my plan. This is when I want to retire. Do we need to make any changes right now?" And again, he's familiar enough with his investments with us to be able to ask that question and to be able to say, okay, he said, you know, I know we're, we're a little bit aggressive right now. My 401k is pretty aggressive. What do I need to do right now? And again, because he's being an active participant in the, in his retirement, I can give him the answer and I can say, you know, he's got the foresight to say, this is what's going on. We can't read people's minds. And that's why it's so important. (laughs) Yeah, really. That's why it's so important to be an active participant in this planning process, because we can't read your mind. If uh, we had a situation about a year ago where um, there was sort of a misunderstanding with with uh, a client's investments where they thought that there was both an income stream and a death benefit attached to the same same uh, account and it was set up totally for income and come to find out that we didn't know that having a big death benefit was important to him because he never he that, that that was never. That was never heavily discussed, may have been mentioned, but it was never heavily discussed. So that's why it's so important to be an active participant, because if you don't let your person know what your goals are, they can't properly plan for it. And if you're just if you're sort of hands off with it, your investments probably are not going to reflect what your goals are. And again, a good planner that are a planner will ask you what your goals are. They'll dig in and do that. But as these things change. You need to let you need to let them know. And again, that's why it's so important to understand your investments, to know what's going on and to be an active participant so that as things do change, you call your person and say, hey, um, this has kind of been on my brain. How do we make that happen? And again, that's why the asset that that's why allocation is so important, because as your goals change, the assets need to change to reflect that. Now, I mean. When you have a financial plan drawn up, um, as George said, we need to know the details about what you're what what you're trying to achieve. If you're working with people that don't meet with you on a quarterly basis, that don't um, make the adjustments of your plan as you get older, you're in a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Because, as we said, George's plan at 28 would be vastly different from mine at 64. Uh, and we have some people that 
I, the vast majority of people don't really care about the asset allocation. They, they leave that up, up to us. That's okay. But that is a uh, a moving target. Probably the mm-hmm. right words on you. That's a moving target as you get older, more than likely. And to just ignore it, as we've been talking about, is a mistake. So bottom line here, we've got a couple minutes left, is it's your financial plan for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's yours. It should be designed specifically for you. It should take into account things for you that um, doesn't apply to anyone else. And when you put it in place, um, like having to change the oil in a car or put new brake pads on, it has to be updated. And so many people, oh, I did that 27 years ago. I never changed anything. Yeah. yeah. But that's why, so again, I know we're, we're harping on this a lot. That's why it's so important to work with a planner uh, because they'll ask these questions. They'll be in contact with you. You know, you, you'll understand what's going on. Um, if we can help you, if this is, if this sounds like something that you need some help with, give us a call 252-304-1019. Again, 252-304-1019. I know it, I know we're beating a dead horse here, but we've just, we've seen too many instances of people, even in just my five years of doing this, I've seen too many people walk into our office that uh, their portfolios were, were just grossly mishandled for where they are in life. I mean, like, uh, they were just so far out of whack. It wasn't even funny. Um, but it was just because they they weren't they weren't paying attention to it or no, nobody was paying attention to it. Um, but they again, weren't minding the store. Nobody was minding the store exactly. So again, take an active part in your in your your investments. Take an active part in your retirement. Be aware of what you're investing in. Be aware of of where your assets are. Be aware of where you are along your your financial path or your financial road, and make those changes as as they need to be made. Or talk to your person about making those changes. Um, so again, if we can help, two five two three zero four. One zero one nine. Wow, what great timing that was. Magnificent. I hear the music in my ear, so we better head on out of here. I appreciate y'all letting us spend some time with you today. Hope you have a great rest of your week. We look forward to visiting with you next week. This is George Pate. And this is Tommy Pate. Taking care of business. The proceeding has been a paid program. The advice and opinions expressed by the Journeys Group and their guests are their own and may not reflect the opinions and advice of WTIB or Interbanks Media. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although should not be relied as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities are insurance products. Fixed annuities, rates, returns, and guarantees are subject to the claim paying ability to the underlying insurance company. Please see a statement of understanding and prospectus for a full detail on products discussed. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation and as such is not intended to be a direct recommendation. Before acting on any information mentioned, you should seek the advice from a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine whether it is suitable for your specific situation. Investment advising services are offered through the Journeys Group, an SEC registered investment advisor.